Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. An emergency edition of Believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, along with ESPN's Ryan Leaf. My name is Jonathan Rifkind. The Pac-12 never sleeps, and we have some news out of Boulder. Mel Tucker, the head coach who promised, some would say, to stay with the program, has been swiped away by Michigan State in the span of two days. And so we figured it's probably imperative to bring you our thoughts and of course Ryan has a little bit more credibility on this insight than I do so of course we need to make sure that we all know what Ryan thinks and what Ryan knows about this situation because uh, I don't know if there's anybody else who could speak better to this so Mel Tucker at the beginning of the week was on the recruitment trail tweeted out you know I'm excited about Colorado what we're building here I'm here to stay Uh, it was reported that Michigan offered him a job he said no and then they came back with a double the salary offer and then some benefits as well as uh, he could up the budget for his coaching staff and then he just up and left Uh, and Twitter went in a craze in a frenzy which it always does and you should take it all with a grain of salt but Ryan for you when you heard this news what was your reaction and what should we make of all of this well there is twofold right initially when uh, the word came out that he was a that he had been approached by Michigan State I thought well, I, you can't you can't stop anybody from approaching you, right? Now the question is, how did he respond? Did he take a interview? Did he uh, tell them, you know, to to go away? You know, what was the interaction there? So we reached out to some of the local uh, beat writers that covered the Colorado Buffaloes, and they could not get a straight answer from both Rick George or uh, head coach Mel Tucker around what what that involvement looked like and he had a less than what you would say committed tweet that came out said hey you know uh you know just want to put to rest any any news that you may have heard over the weekend uh i'm a buff i'm going to continue to work i'm going to be here for years and years and years and years and i didn't think it was that's not that's not the statement i wanted back from my head coach my head coach comes back and says Hey, Buff fans, how cool is it that what we're doing is being seen by everybody in the country, that other big-time Power 5 conference coaching opportunities want to come after me, but I am a Buff, I'm here, I'm committed, I told that Midwestern Big Ten school to pound sand. That's not what anybody got. What they got was a little marginal, ambiguous message and then, sure enough, two days later, uh, the gavel drops late last night, and Mel Tucker is off to East Lansing. Now he was an undergrad; he was a, a grad assistant there. There's some ties to it, so it makes sense. Some have said it's a dream job for him. Um, 
He also stated in his press conference that it was one of the hardest thing or the hardest thing he's ever had to do. I don't, I don't believe anything coaches say anymore, and I will say this. I don't fault him for it, right? It's an opportunity to set his family up for life, generational wealth, to coach football. Um, but there has to be something uh, for these young kids that, that are recruited, that make a commitment. Because I can tell you right now, I only go to Washington State because of Mike Price. If it's not for him, I don't, I don't go there, right? I had opportunities to go play for Dennis, Section, Dennis Erickson at Miami, Sonny Lubick at Colorado State, Coach McCarthy at, at Colorado, Coach Donahue at UCLA, Coach Brooks and Coach Bilotti at Oregon. So it's about the coach. And if your coach leaves, you should be allowed to, you know, open up your recruiting again. Now, most scholarships are no longer available. So you are – you're 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 kind of screwed, and and we heard Drew Pearson, the grandfather of a uh, recruited player to Colorado, be very very upset with this process because that's where you're going when a coach sits in your living room or tells you on the phone that I'm your coach, I'm here. What? When do you just stop not believing any of that and just be like, hey, yeah, I want to wear the black and gold, and I want to play in Boulder, and whoever's coaching me ultimately, that's I don't care. That's what that's what I want to be. Right. And so. It's real difficult. Uh, if you're at Michigan State right now, uh, you got to be pretty pleased that you got a, a, a what I would consider a, a highly capable head coach. But you know, don't get it twisted. His legacy at Colorado is going to be nothing. There's just it's not going to exist, right? They still went five and seven. That's right. exactly what Mike McIntyre did. You know, it, it's it's not something that you want. <laughs> Is he even a fit for Michigan State then? Do you think that he's... Look, I mean, the Big Ten is getting more and more competitive, and we know that what's going on with this program in terms of athletic department scandals. We know that that uh, that they're losing on recruitment. That's he's, it, right there. They're losing on recruitment. And what does Mel Tucker do better than anybody? The reason why Kirby Smart had him, the reason why Nick Saban had him, what does he do well? Recruit. And what did he do at Colorado this year? What was that class? That's the best class that Colorado's ever had yep. uh, in the last 20 years, I think. So that's what he digs. He can not only coach and motivate and wear shorts in super hot weather, <laughs> but he can recruit and get players to come to East Lansing, and that could be the difference maker in competing. Because everybody knows, if you put a quality team together in East Lansing with the resources and everything that they have, they can be a college football playoff team. They've shown it. They've been one. The likes of USC, the likes of Michigan, the likes of Wisconsin. Right. Alexa's not sure either <laughs> if Michigan State can do this. Alexa, turn off. But we need an Alexa ad now because of that. All right, uh, they are capable. Those teams I just named off: USC, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin haven't been to the college football playoff. Guess who has? Michigan State. So they're capable of doing it if they can get the right guys in there. Mel Tucker's going to bring the right guys, and they've invested a lot of money in them. So let's see how that goes. I don't want to beat a dead horse with the stick with the, oh, the reaction, was he right to do what he did, What he was he wrong to do? This is a business. That, this is what happens. If you don't like it, sorry. Um, that's all I really have to say about that. Because, look, yeah, we could talk about, you know, the transfer portal for athletes versus what coaches get to do, but it's too nuanced. Everybody's trying to make it black and white. It's not black and white. That's like a whole podcast series in itself. Hey, maybe we'll do it. Who knows? Um, but I want to move on to, okay, so what, what now for Colorado, right? They have a couple of options. 
Darren Shiverini, who was their wide receiver coach uh, and their assistant coach for the last few seasons, is named the interim. He played at Colorado. Uh, he's actually from Southern California, went to Corona High School, but he played at Colorado. He played in the NFL. He's in the 1999 draft, I believe. Played for a few seasons with the Cowboys, with the Falcons. Now he's back. He's the interim head coach. Do they keep him or do you see somebody else as a fit? Now, for me, I have a, bl- uh, a wild card for Colorado, but I want to hear the names that you think are a fit first before I, I name that person. I, I think they have their answer. Oh, you do? I, I, I really, really do. I think Eric Bieniemy, of course, could be uh, a solid fit, but I think he has more ambition. I think he wants to be a head coach in the NFL. I think that's something that Darren Cheverini, who I know really, really well, my wide receiver with the Dallas Cowboys when I was with them, we spent a lot of time together. We used to go to Medieval Times and have oh. dinner with our families. <laughs> when you uh, joust? Uh, when we'd watch the people joust, yeah. He was always a... Uh, <laughs> He was always a black knight, of course, because of uh, his ties to Colorado. He is buff through and through, right? So they've named him interim head coach. Now, is it more like the Luke Fickle situation where he's the interim head coach through the process until they can get the Urban Meyer? Or is this something that stands and sits and continues and he becomes it? Because he's going to – that's his dream job. He'll never leave. Right. You know, unless, of course, he doesn't live up to expectations then he's going to have to find his way out, and that's always difficult. But he's every bit as capable, right? He, he did more with LaVisca Chenault as the offensive coordinator two years ago under Mike McIntyre than what Mel Tucker and that staff did uh, differently. They almost relegated him to the back of the, the bus, you know, in terms of his offensive prowess. So I think he got the guy. I think he got the guy in place. I think a year ago Rick George wasn't convinced he was up for the job, went out and found another guy. He'll recruit his tail off. He'll get people to come to Boulder. And he can coach it up offensively. Now the question is, who do you go out and find out to be a defensive coordinator there? Because that's what you need. Because they've been good on offense. Defensively, they haven't been able to stop too many people. Uh, if they can get better on that end and do what things that, that Darren Cheverini can do on offense, I think this could be the right fit. And, hey, we talk about it all the time that Dabo Sweeney was the interim head coach. Right. And no one wanted him. Right? That interim tag was pulled. LSU, you know, it was – Les Miles gets – gets fired, in pops a guy named Ed Ogeron, right? And takes him to an undefeated national championship season, right? That's the type of thing that happens along the way. Uh, Lincoln Riley was a coach in waiting there, you know? Uh, takes over like that. Sometimes the guys in the place that have the understanding of the culture and how to work that business can be the best. You don't necessarily have to go make a splash. What it turns out to be is already a splash that's in the pool. Does Colorado have enough? If they go out and they get the defensive coordinator and now they have they keep Shiverini or they go and they get somebody. By the way, I was going to say it would be interesting um, for for Colorado if they could go steal. Um, now his name is escaping, which is ridiculous. The offensive coordinator for USC. Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell, thank you. <laughs> Just because I think that they run a lot of RPO in Colorado. I don't know if RPO really works in the Pac-12 as much, and I would love to see them pick up the pace passing-wise, and that would just be a... In my mind, a for philosophy. me, it's the quarterback position. Steven Montez may have been their biggest liability. Oh, over so the you last think it years. was just by way of the quarterback, not the offensive co- coaching scheme, rather? No, Darren okay. Cheverini knows what the heck he's doing. I mean, if you looked on how he got the ball to Lavisca Chanel two years ago, and every way he had, I mean, the, the Arizona State game is the perfect example. He scored four touchdowns, four different ways. He carried it from the backfield. Right. He ran it on a sweep. He caught one and i think he may have tried to throw one too so i mean they they got him the football they got their best player the football now of course they don't have they're not going to be able to go and pay uh graham harrell graham harrell's not going anywhere if the nfl can't pull him out of there he's not going anywhere right now the only problem is is he may think that if 
Clay Helton doesn't have the job secured a year from now, he may be a possibility in line for that job. Interesting. Because what they do offensively, that's the only thing I can think of on that end of things. Uh, or it can be just an absolute you know, implosion place where they just blow everything up and, and bring in a head coach. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But for right now, uh, Darren Cheverini, I think, is a solid uh, solid placeholder. And if you want to continue with the interim for a year, let uh, let George figure out his, his path and what he wants to do and go find a guy, what may end up happening is Darren Cheverini may just simply show everybody that he's the best capable candidate for the job after next season. We're going to get to the two moves that USC made over the last week. Subliminally, they're actually genius because USC fell behind in recruiting and they brought in two guys who are actually going to once again make them a threat in the area. And I want to touch on that before we wrap this thing up. Before we do that, though, we have some breaking news. The Lawnmower 3.0 has launched. This is an important PSA public service announcement in case for some reason you didn't know what PSA meant. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com, the brand new trimmer, best on the market, and the third generation lawnmower 3.0 has launched, and it is now available for purchase. It features the leading cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping incidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. I just got the lawnmower 2.0. I'm excited to upgrade to the lawnmower 3.0. And I will give you a full review once I have indeed used it. Make sure to go and use our code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com to get 20% off with free shipping. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com for free shipping and 20% off your first purchase. And as always, your balls will thank you. You know who's being thanked right now? Is Clay Helton because he did something really smart over the last two weeks. He stole the defensive, or excuse me, the Pac-12 recruiter of the year, Dante Williams, the defensive backs coach from the University of Oregon, and brought him to USC. Not only that, and we all thought that was a great move, he went on and got Vixa Oto, the defensive line coach from Virginia, and brought him to USC. And it's not because these two guys are great coaches for their positions, and don't get me wrong, they are. Actually, the D-line for Virginia was second in the ACC. Now, mind you, Clemson was number one, and then everybody else below them uh, was sort of subpar. But And we all know how good USC or Oregon secondary was. Even more so, they're recruiting. What's more, they're recruiting out of Southern California. What's the region that USC hasn't been successful in, that they've been losing out on the best recruits? Their own backyard. So they go out and they get... Darren, uh, excuse me, they go out and get Coach Williams. He's from Culver City. He's a local guy. He actually coached at Compton Community College, his first head coaching job, before going to Mount Sac out in San Bernardino and then eventually getting uh, into the Division I coaching ranks. On the other side for Coach Soto, he's from Orange County. He's from Oceanside. So USC picked up two guys who are from two areas of Los Angeles that are recruiting hotbeds with the hopes that these guys could help turn the tables for what has been just an abysmal USC recruiting class. Ryan, for you, do names associated with areas, could they impact a program in this situation recruiting-wise as much as USC hopes? Well, I mean, you go and get the best possible coaches you can. That's that's just what you do as a head coach. You've got to try to put together the best kind of staff, the best type of recruiters. The difference is the resources that are available. There are like 25, like, recruiting analysts coaching positions at let's say Alabama right and LSU USC has two 
So that is a huge disparity. When you could have a recruiter on every single player, like if you, you get 25 recruits in, in an exciting period, right, and you have a coach or an analyst that's on that person, you have 25 of them, you're going to win those battles. You're going to have the personal touch to everything like that. Going and getting coaches like this is important. But it, 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 you put a lot on their plate, and you just don't know if it's a, you know too little, too late when it comes to what USC is. It, it's going to have to be dramatic. They're going to have to win the Pac-12 conference next year, I think, for Clay Elton to keep his job. That's significant, right? And if it doesn't happen, it, he'll have been a lame duck for what I think probably is the second consecutive season. Do recruits, I mean, do you think that recruits have this mindset that you just alluded to that, you know, we're going to take a chance. USC was 10th in the Pac-12 in recruiting. They were 76th in the nation. I mean, we, we can move past the 2020 year. But for 2021, do you think, I mean, it should play a part in recruits, but they may end up having the same issue next year that they had this year. Oh, no, they're going to have completely the same issue. Even though they brought in these new coaches, you don't think it matters? Oh, I mean, I bet you they go out and bust their tail and do their job right. and recruit really well. But you know what? I don't think a Mike Bone's going to go, oh, the the recruiting services are saying that USC's recruiting class this year is is 12th on the list. Well, no one signed yet, but right now they're projecting they could be 12th right. on the list. Guess what? Luckily for, you know, the best thing that could be going for Clay Helton is the early signing period. But if they're 7 and 5 or 8 and 4 and not playing in the Pac-12 championship, guess what? Their season's already over. So the decision could already be made regardless of what the recruiting class looks like. Because what you're saying is if you're liking the recruiting class that you're getting in December and you're an 8-4 and four team, you're saying that two, two years at the minimum is what you got to wait for for that recruiting class to be mature and right. be ready to go. So you're saying, oh, oh I'm Clive Helton for two more years to make sure to see that much. I don't know if it's too little too late right now. There's not a lot of vote of confidence here in, in Southern California for USC. The recruiting class is very underwhelming. They got players taken and stolen out from their own backyard, like you talked about. And I just don't know what or where we're at when it comes to USC Trojans. That's why I think the expectation is so high for success for them or loss of job, I think, is eminent. But we said that a year ago. Right. Here you know? we are talking And they about were 8-4 and four and got blown out by an Iowa team in the bowl game. So let's... Let's just let's just let it play out. There's a lot of fun football early on. We got six and a half months before it even kicks off, but they get Alabama in week one. Washington gets Michigan in week one. Oregon gets Ohio State in week two. We're going to find out pretty quickly about what the recruiting classes look like for the Pac-12 and how much they impacted this initial season because that could go a long way for USC. Like if the recruiting class looks if the recruiting class looks really good going into December, and they know they can impact the next year. Maybe that extends, Clay, one more year. We'll find out. But you can never go wrong by adding to your roster or stable of coaches who recruit really, really well. And that is what USC has been lacking. They finished uh, 56 in the nation, actually, this season. And they have one five-star who committed during the early signing period. His name is Jake Garcia. He's a quarterback. He's going to La Habra out in Orange County. I have a feeling that things could change should he pick up a better offer. Um, and then they'll lose their one five-star that they have recruited next year. So a lot of wheels in the motion right now here for USC. We'll see if they stop spinning because right now they need a lot of help, and that's what Coach Helton and that staff have tried to mitigate a little bit, going out, getting these coaches from Southern California natively to try and help uh, at least get back to the competitive recruiting 
standpoint in this market, the hotbed for recruiting in the nation because they're losing out to Clemson, they're losing out to Oregon, to Arizona State, to Florida, to Miami. I mean, these are all programs that are recruiting out of Southern California better than the University of Southern California. That is not good for program clout, and it's certainly not good for the future of the program as well. So... Before we wrap this up, Ryan, you've had a really, I mean, we haven't really had an opportunity to actually catch up about this. Um, you you had the whole Super Bowl thing a couple weeks ago, and then you had a little bit of time off, and then you competed in the Genesis <laughs> Open yesterday in, in Pacific Palisades. You've had a pretty crazy last month, um, and when you kind of l- reflect on it as, you know, on a personal standpoint... What has st- stood out to you the most? You know, what what have you enjoyed? What have you, I know Disneyland? I'm sure with your family was That's probably at the, at the top, top of the, the list, list, of course. Yeah. But um, I mean, you've gone you've gone through some personal progressions from a, both a career standpoint and obviously um, just for yourself. Yeah, for me, you know, spending time with family now that the football season's over has been been wonderful. But uh, yesterday was pretty special playing in the, the Genesis Open, um, being a part of that pro am, uh, and then. The first guy I run into in the locker room in the morning was Tiger Woods, and he's a Stanford guy. Uh, we're um, we're the same age. Um, we've been through very similar things. Now his, of course, professional career has been you know un- unbelievable, yeah. you know, unrivaled. But you know that you know mental health and and substance abuse don't discriminate against anybody. And so when I saw him. The first thing that came across is how healthy he looks, uh, and and I'm not talking about physically healthy, right? Because you never know what physical health looks like uh, with joints and things like that, especially when you're a golfer. But just you know, the clearness of his eyes and my first, my first, the first words out of my mouth to him, you know, weren't something out of the ordinary. For me, it was I told him how proud I was of him, and that seems so strange, but. It was because I know how difficult it was to overcome what he's overcome and get back to where he got back to, and now he's just the best father he can can be. And he's, you know, he's playing the uh, the game of golf much better than he did. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it's not lost on me that those things go hand in hand. Uh, when you have things in line in your life, those types of things happen. And for me right now, because I'm doing the next right thing, like he continues to do the next right thing, these amazing opportunities keep presenting themselves for for me and. And the biggest thing out there, everybody, is just show up. You know, show up, do the work. Uh, you know, don't complain. Um, you know, be grateful for the opportunities that you have, and good things will happen. And that's definitely been my experience over the last five years. And I got to be part of that yesterday. I didn't play particularly well coming in, but it was such a such a fun moment to play a PGA Tour setup. I mean, the course was set up for these tour pros that started this morning. The greens were slick, uh, the fairways were were hard. So I was getting roll on my drives, which never happens here in Southern California. The ball lands uh, for me where it was. So I got to experience a, a lot of fun yesterday, uh, and I'm looking forward to, to, to being a part of it uh, and many more of these things down the down the down the line. We're looking forward to hearing about all of these adventures that you get to partake in, uh, in in what's becoming just a, a great last few months and leading into what's going to be an even better next couple and even a year, two years, who knows? The, 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 the sky's the limit. Uh, but I think that'll do it for us. We talked uh, talked about Mel Tucker in Colorado. We gave some love to our friends at Manscaped. Don't forget about the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. 
Uh, and then we talked about USC, and Ryan gave us a beautiful little anecdote to get us out of here. We'll be back next week to talk more Pac-12 football. Until then, for ESPN's Ryan Leaf, my name is Jonathan Rifkin signing off. Have a great weekend. High school basketball postseason is live, by the way. If you want to check some incredible guys out, uh, I'll be out in San Bernardino tonight and Orange County tomorrow. The number three and the number four teams in the nation are who we'll be covering uh, all that stuff on Twitter. But until next week, have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy uh, whatever it is that you're doing. I think that we're at a time right now in February where, you know, work is becoming consistent for people and, and, you know, Mercury is no longer in retrograde. This has been Believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.